The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. 205 on a hump day. How did we make it halfway through the week already? Because we, uh, because Monday we weren't oh, here. Oh, that's, that's exactly right. That's how it worked. I guess, you know, uh, the big news of the day and uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on with uh, Bruce Bowie this morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's having uh, had a press conference uh, following that in the morning. He's got an availability for, well, it's not availability in the afternoon. He's got a... Uh, what do they call it? A photo op. So yeah, here's what's happening. So pre, the premier and the prime minister are meeting. I think at the at the hotel McDonald. Uh, there's a photo op at uh, four o'clock. Yeah. Uh, this afternoon, and then we'll keep you updated on uh, whatever develops out of that meeting. I contacted the premier's office earlier today, asking if there would be a any sort of joint news conference afterwards, and they said at this point there was nothing planned. Right. He has a fundraiser tonight at uh, they the would Delta. Keep us updated if yep. it changed. So. Which is we'll sold let you out, know. by the way. Mm, yeah. And I believe $2,100 a ticket, I thought I heard, but perhaps I'm wrong on that. It's a lot of money. Well, that's, it? yeah, that's, those are fundraising dinners, though, political anyway. fundraiser dinners, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it Should is, hold uh, a fundraiser for the uh, people who make their living in oil and gas, shouldn't they? Till they get a pipeline going? Hey, Mr. Trudeau, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> People could use some help around here. Mr. Prime Minister, Miss uh, Premier, yes. Do you know, uh, mm. and, you will, and as you said, we'll keep you updated as we hear anything on uh, any developments on that front. But the one thing that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau did say, well, two things that he did say to Bruce Bauer this morning that stuck out in my mind um, as being positive. Because you know it's political speak, right? So you have to sort of go, uh, sounded positive, but I, you know. But I think the two things were that the government just, well, actually, one was Rachel Notley, not uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. Rachel Notley saying that the government just spent $4.5 billion buying a pipeline, so they're probably pretty motivated to get it built. That's a fair statement. So that's. And despite what you think, you know, the entire talking point as well that now that we own it, right. um, it's not. You know, they're going to keep pushing forward with it because if Kinder Morgan still owned it, it'd be dead in the ground. Yes, yeah, so that was the More other so. thing that I thought. And uh, we've, heard that, we've heard that Yeah, kind of for the last few days, yeah. Yeah, uh, the exact quote was, if this decision had come down when the pipeline was in private hands, the project would be dead. There would be no trans-mountain expansion if it was still a private uh, proponent doing it, the Prime Minister said. Our decision to actually take on the project is the only thing that means we can still move forward mm-hmm. with this project mm-hmm. because we have greater tolerance for risk and quite frankly, our focus is not on making a profit off the pipeline. So there you go. Yeah. It's, it's, <sighs> that stuck out at me, though. Would you want to make a profit off the pipeline or am I get, reading that wrong? Am I under? Am I not understanding that right? Well, no, you wouldn't necessarily want to make a profit. You want to get back your four and a half billion dollars. Yeah. Um, and I guess you make money. the money when you get the the yeah, product tied. The product okay. will get you there the profit, go. right? All right. <clears throat> so yeah. There you go. Uh, you know what? Uh, day two today of the uh, winter getaway to uh, Montego Bay. How exciting is that? Yeah. So uh, just after 425, so we do chopper traffic at 424. Right at about 425, you'll 
listen to us tell you what the word of the day is. And then you go to 630ched.com up on the nav bar. Uh, you can practice now if you like, folks, uh, just mm. to see. That, although it's not a race, it's not the first one uh, or you know, to get to the site. But if you want to check it out right now, you go to 630ched.com up on the nav bar. You go to more, select contest. Yeah. I believe we're the first contest that comes up. And you enter the uh, word that we give you. You can enter as many times as you like. Um, you can enter a word a day. It's no problem. Entering the same word each day multiple times does not actually help your chances. So just do it once a day with the word. Uh, duplicate uh, entries uh, don't help your chances at all. <laughs> did, did I just hear garbage hit the can over there? <laughs> that wasn't that was my contract, was it? Not yet. <laughs> uh, we've got a visitor as well this afternoon. Mike Lake will be in with his son, Jaden. Of course, uh, uh, he comes in once a year to talk about Autism Speaks Walk Canada. They're uh, doing it again on Sunday, September 9th. So we'll talk to uh, Mr. Lake about that and his son. Always a pleasure to have them in studio. Now, I don't know where you'd like to start today. There were a couple of stories, and I guess, you know, falling along the lines of school is back in. Mm-hmm. And, and when we talk about school being back in, we often talk about the young ones. But it's the university ones um, who perhaps need a bit of our attention. Well, you know, one of them today, and I remember when I was going to college, and I'm sure, Andrew, when you were going to to university, uh, things might have been tight at times, and maybe it was because you were living off student grants or loans, or maybe you were juggling three jobs and going to work. Um, Maybe you drank the money that you had for that week uh, at the school pub on the Thursday night. There are all sorts of different reasons why things get tight uh, for some students in university, but we've always kind of chuckled about that whole, you know, the starving um, the starving student stereotype. It's kind of like, oh, it's just kind of one right. of those things that happen, just like the freshman 10 or 15, and then you put on that because you're yeah. eating crap food. Um, and, and and there's, you know, some groups and organizations today saying, you know what, we really, really shouldn't be perpetuating that stereotype anymore. No, and I totally get it. Uh, specifically, uh, Marin Maynard, a program and operations coordinator yeah. for Meal Exchange, it's an organization that tackles food issues on campus, uh, said a lot of them see this experience as completely normal. It's something they experience that everyone experiences, and it's kind of a rite of passage. And um, Marin, I'm assuming, is a... Uh, is that a woman, do you yeah. think? Yeah. I, I assume what she's saying is that people take it for granted that this is the way it is, but I don't think they're completely understanding just how bad it is. And when I think back on university years, and certainly I ate those bowls of, you know, soup that you microwave down at the, uh, you know, down at the kitchen, and I ate a lot of craft dinner and that kind of thing, but it's much worse than that now, because at least on my campus, which was Dalhousie in uh, Halifax, there was no food bank, because there was no need for a food bank. And I don't was, ever remember a food bank at uh, the college that I went right. to. And but I know of, here at the U of A, there, there is one, and yes, it's used a lot. A lot, and there's programs throughout various campuses across Canada of food exchange programs mm-hmm. where you know people can come in and uh, take what they have excess of and, and trade it for something else. But I, I think it's wrong, and, and as does this report or study suggest, I think it's wrong to just say, oh, well, kids will be kids. Well, that's just the way it is. It'll yeah. toughen them up for the real world. Right. It shouldn't honestly be that bad. And when it comes to, before anyone texts and says, well, maybe they better stop spending their money on beer or whatever, the social aspect of university and college is really, really important mm-hmm. as well. And this, the pressure and stress that's placed upon a young adult uh, trying to get through school at that level, um, and I remember having this argument with my parents at the time, 
um, but there's a lot of stress there, and socialization is a big part of going to mm-hmm. university and getting out for a beer or two is, yeah. is I think, uh, pretty important. And, you know, I remember saying to my dad, he wanted me to do something one time, meet him for supper, and I said, I can't. Like, I've, I, you know, I've just got so much going on. Um, and, and he said, well, you know, well, welcome to the real world. Like, you know, we all have jobs. I remember him saying that to me, right? And I said, yeah, but I've got six jobs because I'm taking six subjects, yeah. right? And yeah. you, you, have, you have to put a lot of effort into each and every one of them if you want to maintain your grades and any scholarship or bursaries. You know, you think about um, you know, the push at, um, at a local level here, like the, the hot lunch uh, mm-hmm. programs that are at um, uh, elementary level and how important we know, how important it is that we know that, um, that kids get some food in their belly before they go to class and it helps them. Studies have shown that it helps them uh, when they're not worried about food, when they're not hungry. It helps mm-hmm. them concentrate. It helps them do their And that never uh, changes. Schoolwork. And I was just going to say, it does, right. it does not change. Right. Um, Again, I mean, the, the circumstances might be different based on why a kid in grade two isn't eating breakfast compared to why a first year university or college student, uh, you know, or a trade school student isn't uh, eating breakfast. But the importance is still there that they get some good food in them. There was, you know, some kids talking about uh, that milk, they found milk so expensive that they've shifted their sleeping pattern so they don't eat yeah, breakfast. They considered it a luxury. Yeah. And, and you know, if again, if you're wondering what the hierarchy of need is, um, it's not about, although, as I say, socialization is very important mm-hmm. at university and participation very important outside of your classes, but in this 2016 report uh, that came out on this uh, specific uh, topic, nearly half of all students surveyed and there was thousands surveyed, said they passed up on food in order to make rent, mm. tuition, and textbooks. Mm-hmm. So those were their primary expenses, rent, tuition, and textbooks. I know university is uh, expensive, expensive. And, I, you know, it's, and we're lucky in Canada that it's not more expensive when you compare it to American. But should it, should it not be less expensive? Well, should it be, not, you know, be a little bit more affordable, whether it's with grants and loans and that sort of thing, or well, just I, lower to do, tuitions? I would love to hear from somebody who's got a dog in this race, whether it's a student uh, at the at a university or college, or whether it's a parent who's got a student. Now, I'm a parent who's got a student. When I went to university, I lived in residence, mm-hmm. and I was part of the Beaver Foods food program. So cafeteria-style eating, you paid one fee for the year, and it was subsidized by the university. And I understand over the years that's changed quite a bit. Um, At the time, it was hard to maintain, you know, that level of expense, but it was manageable. I think residence cost me, get ready to roll your eyes if you're in university now, I think tuition cost me about a thousand bucks a term, and I believe uh, residence was about two thousand. Did your parents help you pay at all? Um, at first, they did. My my parents helped me with my first year of mm-hmm. university, and they said, uh, you know, apply for bursaries, apply for yeah. student loans, apply yeah. for um, scholarships. So in my first year, I was turned down for all of those things. Scholarships, uh, I didn't have the grades for the scholarship. Yeah. Uh, bursaries and student loans were not available to me because my father made too much money. Mm-hmm. And at the time, and it's probably changed now, at the time, we talked to the people and they said that, that you know monitored the program and they said oh it's simple just get your parents to disown you and <laughs> that just seemed like a weird thing to have to do to be able to go to university so i worked instead mm-hmm. so i had a job and uh, when i got off school and I, I scheduled my classes around that and i worked in a bar and poured drinks so which by the way was one of the most valuable classes i took because being able to be a bartender is yeah is excellent 
I did get a scholarship in my second year, and that saw me yeah. through the rest of my university. But it wasn't a huge, it, like it wasn't an all-encompassing yeah. scholarship. You know, I was, I, for, for me, my, my parents were divorced. There wasn't a whole lot of money uh, going around. It was, um, it, was, uh, it was loans. It was student loans. And I was left with, you know, a few thousand dollars afterwards. I went to college. So yeah. um, it was a two-year college program. So I was left with paying that off through OSAP, the Ontario Student Assistance right. Program, for, um, for, for quite a while. My brother was left with, you know, a massive, you know, he went through with a teaching degree at university, was left with massive uh, loans to pay back well, afterwards, which right. was tough. So you, you look at it, right, and go, okay, well, what's 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 the, the great way? What's what's the better? What's, you know, the worst way? We're lucky with our boys, um, our ESPs, you know, when you start looking at that. And I think now, my gosh, I mean, you know, the, the education, that savings program, which, which uh, helped out both of the boys quite a bit. But then again, we also had scholarships come through mm. in a big way. You know, we had a football yeah. scholarship, and we had we had academic scholarships come through, which which helped us. Otherwise, you just like everybody else, you'd be up to your eyeballs still paying it off. Yeah, there's a ripple effect to this as well because it's not just the student. So if you have, if you're a parent who's got a, a child, now I've got four children. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you that the, my three fears in life financially are that. Uh, all four children get married at the same time or, you know, (laughs) and need a wedding paid for. All four want to go to university and need help. uh, Or my roof collapses. Mm -hmm. You know, those, honestly, because I just think I don't know how I would handle that financial burden. So in the case of the bigs, the two larger or older kids down in Calgary, they both went to college and I paid for that. But college was significantly less expensive. It's different than university. Right. Um, Well, it certainly was. And for for me, like 20, 30 years ago as well compared to now. Yeah, and they, exactly. They did it several years ago as well. So uh, with Maddie, she started her own business rather than go to school, and Hunter's the only one who actually went to university. But I, I st- honestly, I still dread mm. um, this time of year because within a couple of days, Hunter's going to tell me I need to send $3,500 yeah. to the U of A. Yeah. That it's a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. It's a lot of money following the well, summer. And the thing you know? is, too, and, you know, Bill, we'll get your phone call, you know, in just a second. You start looking. I did not work through um, college. I, I it was I didn't have a vehicle. I didn't. Ha- it was really tough for me to do it. I tried to work. Um, the waitressing thing didn't work out for me very well. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, yeah, no. Um, both <laughs> of the boys worked um, throughout um, yeah, university, and they did. And it was, again, working in the bars, working in yep. the restaurants, doing whatever they could yep. to, to make and whether it was, you know, helping money towards tuition or, you know, covering their food bill, covering res bill, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But um, it was an important aspect of it as well. But sooner or later, it's like, gosh, you're juggling so much, especially if you have a heavy course load. Right. It's a lot of pressure. And yeah. there's other studies that, you know, take a look at the mental health of mm-hmm. students and youth in general and how it's uh, suicides on the increase yeah, yeah. and mental health uh, issues are on the increase. It, it is a very stressful time for kids. How are you guys dealing with it at your house? Let us know at 630-630. The phone number is 496-0063. It's 2.20 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Bill, hold the line. We'll get your phone call right after this. Rocky Rhodes from St. Paul, Texas, and said, yeah, that's the price you pay for wanting a higher education. No one forced you to go to school. Well, you're absolutely right. What a better world it would be without doctors, lawyers, and professionals. Mm-hmm. Hi, Bill. Hello. Thank you for holding. Well, you're welcome. My my daughter will get her four-year degree with maybe $5,000 in student loans because she worked full-time. 
the whole time. And the reasoning we gave her on that was, look, lots of young guys are out there working 12-hour shifts. You can do it, too. Mm. Uh, just because a good chunk of your stuff is unpaid, uh, it pays off down the road. But she also saw, and and I've seen other stuff, she sees that university is, is overpriced partly because they've stuck to the old brick-and-mortar model. The Internet should have revolutionized uh, <laughs> getting a university degree. Well, you know, no let's talk about that for a second, because I'm, I'm curious about this myself. So I was quite disappointed to learn from Hunter that he had not obtained all the credits he required, I believe, in his second year. He started a course, dropped out of it, couldn't get into another course. So he was short a credit. It happened again in his third year. So as a parent, I'm like, okay, what's your plan for, you know, making that up? And he said, oh, well, I'm going to take them online. So he took them online over the summer, got the credit. Well, the cost was the exact same. <laughs> so how is that possible? Yeah, that, that's just profiteering, quite frankly. Uh, the brick-and-mortar approach is way more expensive than it needs to be. And the other thing that is really a driver of cost of university is that there are heavy, heavy layers of unnecessary administration that uh, these places don't need. They're only there because the money is there. If you look at uh, the rate of inflation going back to the 60s or the 70s, the costs and the burdens within the university system have accelerated at a rate far outstripping inflation. And it's because the student loan money has been there to support those fat hmm. costs. And that's another aspect that needs to be looked at. Either reduce the availability of some of the student loan money, or we got to tell universities that they've got to cut back on what they pay professors. They're really just high school teachers with a fancier degree. <laughs> well, they might beg to differ. Yeah, I think professors would take exception to that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get your point, get though. Your point, yeah. yeah, thanks so much, Bill. There you go. Okay, so it's two twenty-five. Listen to this uh, from our text line six thirty six thirty. Very lucky to be a physician, a physician for six years now, but still have six figure debt remaining mm -hmm. after having paid off government loans. We do not go on vacation unless we stay with family for free. And the vacation is Calgary or Brandon, Manitoba. Jobs during undergraduate and medical school um, as much as possible. We don't buy new clothes. Kijiji and Facebook have furnished our house and clothed us. Luckily, I had a scholarship to help, but I can't imagine the struggles others have if I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, frankly, that happened to me as well. After I got out of university, um, I, now, I, I, had, I had no student loans, but I did have debt because that was the other aspect of it is that they encouraged you to take credit. They were all the credit card companies you were the saying, credit cards, yeah. yeah, you're a student and you're graduating and here you, you go. Yeah, here's your credit card. And I blame no one but myself mm -hmm. for this, but I got myself into heavy financial debt that followed me. So I, I escaped the, the student loan problem, but the debt from credit followed me for mm -hmm. years. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I can I can remember and this was so let's I graduated from college in 1991. 
and I was working in Regina at Global Television, and I got a phone call from the OSAP people yeah. saying that they had redone something to my loan, and I it was originally a, what is it, a bursary that you don't have to pay back? There's a, it it's is? usually a bursary and a loan, okay. so there's a portion that you don't have to pay yeah, back. Yeah, so the bursary was what I had uh, <laughs> been given, and they had changed it and now said that I had to pay it back? Eight years later. Yikes! And then they started calling me at work. They started calling me at work. I know. Work. I've always said that whoever... And I said, how can you change? How, yeah, how can this be done? But apparently OSAP was being privatized and all. There, were, there was some craziness going on. Same thing happened to my brother, but it was like at the end of it all, you can't get blood from a stone. Let's work out an arrangement then. Mm-hmm. I will pay you back 100 bucks or 200 bucks a month. I was making, what, twenty. Two, three, four thousand dollars a year as a as a news anchor in Regina in, in the late nineties. I I didn't have any money there either. Mm-hmm. But let's work it out. But don't. They called me and started threatening me at work. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I, it's funny. I've always said that you should take Canada's most wanted list and give it to and give debt it to collectors. the student loan yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> because they will find you anywhere on the planet. And that, they'll just phone like out of the blue. Yeah. Like, how did you get this? Exactly. Number? Yeah. yeah, it was it was uh it was scary, it was off putting, it was okay, but don't threaten me. Let's just make a plan now. I'll pay you back the money. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Well, I'll never like forget I, that day. I mean, everybody does it the way they want to do yeah. it, and and nothing's right or wrong. And I've said it before, but our arrangement because Hunter was the last of my children and the first to actually go to university, yeah. and, and my deal was, I'll pay for your education as long as you'll go to university, but you have to have a job, yeah, and you can keep that money, but you have to have a job. And it, I don't want the money towards his education. And and again, the, the reasoning behind it was this. I want him to end up at the end of four years with a degree, with some savings, and with some job experience. And with those three things, he should be fine. How is that Hungarian philosophy course going that he's taking? Uh, you know... What was it? Norse? I don't Philos- know. Damn. It's a BA degree, right? <laughs> and listen, it's my son, but you know, back in university, we kind of made fun of the BA guys. We called it Begin Again, <laughs> right? I was in a business program, but he does take... I'll, I'll tell you this, though. He is a whiz at Trivial Pursuit. Like, there's, <laughs> He's the guy you want on the team. He, if you're you and in, Carol. Yeah, if you're in a pool on a cruise ship, and do you want to talk about uh, ostriches or uh, just the most weird, bizarre stuff, he's your guy. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.